0: Father, once again, we commit ourselves to you, to your hands, O Lord, speak to our hearts this morning, strengthen us in our faith, empower us by your spirit, and cause us to walk in your ways, anoint us to hear, obey, and Lord, to witness what you would wrought in each one of our lives even through the ministry of the word, minister faith to us this morning. We thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Two things uh, when we come to the word of God. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 3 um, and verse 12 will say, Oh, where is it? coming? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry, thank you. Yeah, Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 12 will say, Beware brothers, lest there be in any, of, any one of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. That does not mean that uh, we don't come to church, but what happens is that we have lost that living an abiding relationship with god so what do we do in order to combat a possibility of obtaining this evil heart of unbelief what do we do we exhort or encourage one another daily while it is called today see you need to understand the difference we you know that we've been hearing for so many times faith is always connected to the present hope is connected to the future faith is connected to the heart and hope is connected to the mind so this evil heart of unbelief that's the reason why he says an evil heart or an even an unbelieving heart in departing from the living god so what should you do strengthen every day strengthen yourself And what do we do? uh, Otherwise what happens is that we become hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. That is the reason why the Bible says when the Holy Spirit comes, He will convict the world of sin. Why? Because they do not believe in me. Remember? John's Gospel chapter 16. He will convict the world of sin because He will, because they do not what? Believe in me. That is the unbelief is a root cause of every problem in our life. Unbelief and pride, two, two uh actually two uh twins, twin brothers and twin sisters, if you want to call them. So so therefore, what do you do for, goes on to say, for we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. Therefore, if you hear his voice today, do not rebel. Okay, that is that is the reason why we come together to the ministry of the word as often as we can, so that we are strengthened in our faith okay second thing we also what reason why we come to the uh, to the to the ministry of the word of god okay hebrews chapter 10 this is like another important uh, exhortation by the way the book uh, the epistle to the hebrews is full of exhortations and warnings and it we, we need to really uh, take those warnings seriously because there some warnings which will scare us but it's good to have the fear of God. Okay. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another to stir up unto what? Love. And what? Good works. Not forsaking the assembling ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more, even as you see the day approaching. So the first thing, the reason why we come together to study the word of God, as long as it is today, we want to exhort ourselves so that we do not uh, develop evil and an unbelieving heart, so that our faith is strengthened. Second, we also want to be stirred up unto love and good works. Two aspects that is important. Why? Because we know from Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6, it says, what does it say? For in Christ Jesus... There is neither circumcision nor uncircumcision that matters, okay? But faith, working itself or expressing itself through love. In that one verse, there are at least four dimensions. What are the four dimensions? The first dimension is that God does not care about your any of the external rituals that you follow. You need to understand. Any external ritual does, does not please God. Like we come and worship, like pastor was saying, if the worship is not acceptable, if God does not accept our worship, it's just a ritual. We just conform to some kind of a a discipline of going to church every Sunday, paying your tithes or, or, or reading your Bible. External attributes, all these externalities don't please God. What pleases God is faith, where? In the heart, that's the second aspect. What matters is where what faith in the heart, not any external uh, adherence to any church or disciplines or dogmas. What matters is faith. Third aspect, the faith that expresses or works. Okay, faith has to work. So that, I mean, uh, Derek Prince says uh, three musts in faith: faith must be confessed, faith must be acted out, acted out, faith must be tested. There are three musts of faith. Okay, so faith has to be expressed. So external externalities don't matter to God. What matters is faith in the heart and the faith that is expressed or that is being acted out. How is it being acted out in love? These are the four aspects in that particular verse. So, so what do we do? We want to ensure that we want to be strengthened in faith. And be exhorted to love one another. Because these are two important things in the last days. Because when the son of man, Bible says, when he comes back, will he find what? Faith. And he says, in the last days, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. So these two will be attacked. These two aspects, faith and love, will be under constant attack. So that is something which we need to really be warned about, and we've been born, being warned about about these two things over and over again. So don't let the familiarity of the texts um, distract you from what God has for us. Okay. Again, First Timothy chapter six verse twelve. I'm just showing you some verses which we already seen. Fight the good fight. So that means you have to fight for it. That means there will be a, definitely an opposition. Expect opposition to faith. Let me tell you something, the world system is not conducive for spiritual growth. We do not encourage, there will be an opposition to faith. That is the reason why the kingdom of God advances by violence and the violent take it by force. Therefore, there is a, um, a disposition of the believer, if you will, in pulling up his socks and saying, you know what, it's a battle. This requires discipline. Think about it, no? Faith must be confessed. Think about it. What does confession mean? Making your words agree to what the word of God says. You, you, you think that's is easy? No? Think about it. I mean, every, every situation that you face in your life, if, can you actually confess in that situation? For example, let's say you are feeling condemned. What comes? Can you confess? What should you confess? At least at, the, at that point in time, you should know what you, you should confess. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. What shall we say of these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Who can bring any charge against God? Select it is God who justifies. Okay. Who is it to condemn? It is Christ who died for us, Christ who rose from the dead, Christ who seated at the right hand of the Father, forever making intercession for us, and who can therefore separate us from the love of Christ, etc. See, you have to constantly keep doing that, and it's a discipline. It's not easy. Faith has to be confessed. So, one of the things that you will observe in any uh, aspect of growing in faith, there will be an opposition. And we have to be equipped sufficiently and warned sufficiently to overcome those of to, to, uh, those those uh, oppositions and to strengthen our faith. You know, that's the reason why um, when you re- remember the 12 spice, two to bring the good report, ten bring the bad report, and Caleb makes a very powerful statement. He says, You know what? These giants, don't be afraid of them, they will become what? Fruit for us. They'll be bread for us. Overcoming these giants, they will become bread for us. This they'll strengthen, they'll become food for our inner man so that we can become strong in faith. Why do we eat? So that we have strength, so that we can surrender that strength to God, so that we can work for God. Why do we rest? So that we have a body which is rested, well rested, so that God can use it. And a mind which is fresh, so that God can use this mind. Okay. So there there is an opposition to faith. There is an opposition to faith, but the, when you overcome and uh, like, uh, you are sufficiently equipped to overcome these uh, these uh, oppositions, you become more stronger when you come out to the other side. So let us look at a few examples. Look at Mark's Gospel, chapter ten, to 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 amplify or to accentuate this important truth that whenever you want to grow in faith, there will be an opposition. Sh- few examples. Mark's Gospel, chapter ten. Now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great multitude. Blind Barthemius, the son of Themis, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. So he wants to hold on to Jesus by faith. Because he knows that today, this is the opportunity. If I miss this opportunity, I'm never going to get back get back this opportunity again. So he's crying out. Immediately, what is there? There is an opposition. What is that? Many want Okay. Hey. Keep quiet. Okay, keep quiet. Don't disturb him. Okay. As 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 pastor was saying, no? People are ready to pour cold water on the fire that you already have. Don't many wander. And what did he do? <laughs> he cried out all the more. Okay. see that he wants to hold on to jesus by faith you see that there is an opposition especially from the crowd warning him actually the bible says um, um, uh, it, it's it's uh, the uh, the word for one in the greek actually implies it will cost you it's not free okay so they had to overcome again Another example, Luke's gospel chapter 5. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching. I love this word. No, everybody said teaching, teaching. Okay. Teaching. I love the, like the, like I just fell in love with that word teaching. Okay. Teaching is very important. Okay. That's the reason why I became a teacher and, and eventually <laughs> I'm teaching the word of God. Okay. That there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was there or present to heal them. So, wherever there is teaching, there is power of God to heal. Understand that. Okay. But then there is again, opposition. Then behold, a man brought on a bed, a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring him and lay before him. Remember Jesus, he saw their faith, right? So, but how did that faith come? But when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the what? There's an opposition again. Okay. Between overcoming and coming onto the other side by faith, there is an opposition and most of the times it's a crowd. That's the reason why they could not. Because of the opposition. Hmm? Another example, Luke's Gospel chapter 5, same chapter, okay? When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Who is this man? Carpenter. Who is he telling? A fisherman. Two different professions. Okay. But Simon answered and said, look at this. What has stopped him? The failure the previous night. Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. But nevertheless, they had to overcome failure one of the things that i keep telling young people no even if you fail a million times that's the last exhortation by shibu on the way when he was dropping me to the railway station on the scooter vijay even if you fail a million times what a statement that was i mean i think i've exhausted million by this time <laughs> all the millions million times have been exhausted even if you fail a million times vijay get up come back to jesus Okay. So, failure. What if I stumble again? What if I fall? What if I make a fool of me and my God? Hmm? He had to overcome that. A sense of failure. The example that we saw last Sunday. Now, a certain woman. I think this is Mark's Gospel chapter 5. I'm sorry. This is Mark's Gospel chapter 5. And a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had. And what did she do? She came behind him from the what? The crowd. You see that? There's a crowd which is opposing. He had to overcome. She had to overcome that. Mark's Gospel chapter 4, 5 again. The same verse we saw the last time. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue house and said, Why trouble the teacher? Opposition. <laughs> okay. Any further in what Jesus said? Do not be afraid, only believe. So, so Jesus, before he is being handed over, one of the last words that he speaks to his disciples, before he is being handed over to be put to death. Very interesting. Luke's gospel, we are in the Lent season. Okay. Luke's gospel, chapter 22. This is what it says. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Indeed, Satan. Whenever you see Satan... Stop. Okay. What did he ask? He asked for you permission. He asked for you. That he may sift you as wheat. But what did I pray for you? I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And once you have returned to me, strengthen your brothers. You see that? What did he ask of him? Faith should not fail. So let me tell you something. That means his faith could have failed. Unless Jesus prayed for him. So how do we ensure that our faith will not fail us? There are several things that we learned from the scriptures. but I want to bring to your attention a few truths this morning. So that you consider as to how we overcome these oppositions to faith and become strong in faith and come on to the other side as overcomers. You know, if in the book of in the in the in the in the New Testament, one of the books or books that I love the most is the Acts of the Apostles. No? If you've seen action movies, okay. You like action movies because everything is happening so fast. Similarly, there is an action movie. That is the reason why it's called Acts. Okay, it's the action movie of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. Basically, it's Acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. Okay, things are happening at such tremendous pace. It is like a page turner. You can finish the entire uh, epistle in one sitting. You wonder, you're like, it's, "What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next?" There's no one dull moment. Okay, it's not like uh, Romans that you, you have to chew and you uh, if you lose the flow of thought, then you have to go back again. And then uh, it's not like that. It's not very complicated, but it's like straight, boom, 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 all bullet points. No, that's the reason why we call them bullet points, right? All bullet points only. So they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they preach the message. Faith is generated, repentance happens. They go to another place, they preach the message. Signs of does happen. Faith is generated. Then you know converts are hap- converts. I mean, there's, con- there's, there's, there's converts are added into the church, and then they go to another. Place they preach the message. Some people get hardened. Some people believe. Conversion happens. It's like full action packed. They get beat up, no matter what. Some guy Paul is like he's is stoned to death almost. They throw him out into the city, uh, out of the city. But the believers come and pray for him. He is raised from the dead. He goes back to the city preaching. Remarkable. Okay. So. The book of Acts, if you look at, I mean, the, it's like one of the most incredible books. I mean, if you, was, I, 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 I read it in um, one sitting the other day and, and and by by the time I came to Acts chapter 17, I just couldn't stop, started praying in tongues loudly. Of course, thank God for the church office. So I just, just broke out in tongues just to see, my goodness, you just can't, you, it's like a you're on the edge of the seat all the time, right? How does it start? Acts chapter 1 verses 1 to 2. This is how it starts. The former account I made over Theophilus. I love that. Philus means lover. Theos means God. So he's to all those people who love God. This is addressed to you. The Acts of the Apostles. How many people here are Theophilus? The lovers of God. Why am I asking you this question? The Bible says in the last days, perilous times will come because men will be lovers of self, lovers of pleasure, than lovers of God. Their love for God has grown grown cold. And if your love for God has grown cold, this book is addressed to you to check if you are truly Theophilus. So what did he do? Oh former the former account I made of oh Theophilus of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach and what is he going to do in the book of acts he is going to account for all the things that Jesus continued to do and continue to teach through the apostles you understand by the power of the holy spirit Okay, until the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. So, if you read this entire account, there's a remarkable, remarkable. Uh, uh, I, mean, I mean, you'll see incidences, examples of. I mean, not examples. Uh, I would say, in. Phew, history history of the church, how it started, different 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 uh, contexts in, in, in which the children, I mean the, the apostles or the evangelists are being sent, how they preached the Word of God and how they got converts, or rather, how did they lead people to believe in Jesus as their Messiah. I want to just show you one sample this morning for your consideration, in keeping with this thought in mind that to believe that there is an opposition and what are the things that I have to take care of as a lover of God so that my faith is strengthened and I fight these battles and the oppositions of the devil towards my faith and come out victorious on the other side. I want to introduce to you One particular passage from the Acts of the Apostles, Acts chapter 13, I'm going to read a few verses and then I'm going to draw a few lessons from this based upon what we've been learning all these days. Acts chapter 13, let's read. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manion, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. So, it starts with Barnabas and ends with Saul. Uh, it's very interesting, okay? It starts with Barnabas and ends with Saul and ultimately the entire book ends with Paul and Barnabas disappears, okay? That's the reason why the Bible says many who are last will become first, okay? That's, so, you have to be very careful, okay? Who start last? Who's, who's that? Saul. Hmm? As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Everybody say fasted, okay? One of the ways that you strengthen your faith is by Casting this type. Why could we not cast them out, to Jesus? Because of your unbelief. However, however, this kind does not come except by. Why did they not cast out? Because of what? What is Jesus asking, asking them to do? Fasting so that they have faith to overcome unbelief. Or rather they have a strength to overcome unbelief. So they fasted. It's a very important exercise. Then the Holy Spirit said, and how did the Holy Spirit say? I think one one person got a word of knowledge because those days the entire church was filled with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. One guy got the knowledge, and another guy confirmed that word of knowledge. I mean, I, you want to be in a church like that, man? I mean, we we had uh, of course experiences like that in our church. Uh, February fourteenth of two thousand nine or eight, possibly another nine, I think two thousand nine, two thousand ten. We had a visitation with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We had our Pentecost. <laughs> Uh, Saturday, second Saturday, where the church used to gather in the upper room, literally the upper room in the church office. We had an upper room and we had a mighty visitation of the Holy Spirit. And of course, many of us got baptized in the Spirit and we broke out in tongues. And after that, we never, we became fools for Christ. Okay, And they, what did they say? What did they say? What well, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I called them. By this time, by the way, uh, Barnabas and Saul are being used by God. They've already come back from Jerusalem. They've ministered in Jerusalem and they've come back to Antioch. Then goes on. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they send them and they send them away. Okay. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, who sent them? The church sent them. But how does this scripture record? They're being sent out by the who? By the Holy Spirit. They went down to Seleucia and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And they, when they, and when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. I'm reading this account. Now when they had gone through island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus. Who was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. Uh, note, note that word, intelligent man, okay? I understand that. I, I, I like those details are given. The Bible says prudent man. Who's that? A prudent. About one, some, some translations use the word. A prudent man. A logical man. An intelligent man. An educated man. A logician if you will. Okay. A reasonable man. Okay. What did he do? He called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. This is what he did. He sought to hear the word of God. Great. Let's move on. I'm still not um, uh, commenting on anything. Let's read it. Okay, then Elimus, the who, the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them. What did he do? He withstood them. See, already there's an opposition which you can see. Okay, uh, the, the actual uh, one of the translations uses the word opposed them, and that word is used in the context of Janus and Jambres in Second Timothy chapter three. These were Janus and Jambres who opposed Moses. And what did they do? They opposed the truths. There is an opposition which is coming now. And what is his intention? Seeking to turn the pro-council away from what? From faith. You see see that? There is a withstanding of the message and to turn the pro-council away from the truth. This is what his intention is. Then Saul. Now that letter, the name of Saul is going to change now. This is where actually... Uh, you see, you record in the in the Acts of the Apostles, Saul's name turns to Paul. Then Saul, who also, actually is called, is in italics, it, doesn't, it means that not there in the original translation. Then Saul, who also Paul, that means, Paul means little, Saul means big. Okay, what happened to him? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Looked intently at him. And said, now the words in uh, inverted commas are Holy Spirit inspired because I did not say that because see, word of God itself is Holy Spirit inspired. So Luke is saying, Paul full of the Holy Spirit spoke certain things. Okay. So what he's speaking is literally something which is inspired by the word, inspired by God and it's there, therefore recorded. In Scripture look at how he addresses oh full of all deceit and all fraud you son of the devil you enemy of all righteousness will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord and now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you and you shall be blind not seeing the sun for a time And immediately a dark mist fell on him and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the, by the hand. Then the proconsul believed. So ultimately he believed, okay? How? When he saw what was done, being as astonished at the what? At the teaching. Okay, you saw that? So what did happen? The proconsul believed. So, I want to put a simple graphic. There's a sending of the message first. The Holy Spirit sent out Barnabas and Paul. Final result is what? Who believed? The proconsul believed. That's the final result. In the middle, something is happening. (laughs) From the sending of the message to the producing of faith, something is happening. What are those things? Is the question. Okay. From the sending of the message, He sent forth His word and healed them of their diseases. Remember that was from Psalm 103? Was 103 was 107 was 20 by the way. And who are these people? It says fools because of their translation. They do all manners of iniquity and they fall into sickness. And then they're, they hate all kinds of bread. And they are in sickness. And then they cry out in their sickness. So what does God do? He sends forth his word. And he heals them. So between the sending of the message. To the causing of faith. Something is happening. What is that one thing? What is those that question mark? Do I want to see? The various steps God takes us through. The voices that we have to be really careful about. So that. When we hear, we have faith. Let's take it one step at a time. Acts chapter 13. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, Holy Spirit said, Separate unto me, right? So they fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, and they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, They went down to Seleucia and from there they sailed to Cyprus. You see, in producing faith, there are several things that have to happen. Let me show you in Romans chapter 10. This is what the Bible says in Romans chapter 10. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. In other words, shall be saved means they will believe. Whoever calls, or that they have believed, and they have moved into salvation. Faith was produced, faith that brings salvation is produced, and they become believers, they become the children of God. How then they shall call on him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in whom, in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written. So In the final act of believing, there are several steps that have to happen. Okay? Several steps. What are the steps? First thing, to call upon the Lord, you need to believe. In order to believe, you need to hear. In order to hear, you need preaching and a preacher. And in order to have a preaching and a preacher, the preacher has to be sent. This is the process. Notice that word, sent. So the first lesson that I draw, in order for faith to be produced, the kind of voices that I have to listen to are voices that are sent. Or the the preachers or the messengers of God who have been sent. Now this is very, very critical. Very, very critical. Let me tell you something we can get saved through different channels okay some people might have read a good news bible in uh, sorry gideon's bible in a in a hotel and they might have got saved some people might have heard a track uh, read a track and they might have got saved some people like uh, i think uh, uh, augustine if i'm right who heard two children crying playing with each other and said tololege tololege Meaning, pick up and read, pick up and read, and he just was walking on the way, and then he found a small piece of paper, and he picked up the paper, and it was Romans chapter 13, which says, put away the things of the flesh, and, I mean, uh, mortify the deeds of the flesh, and make, I mean, put away the things of the flesh, and make no provision for the flesh, and he looked at that, and he suddenly, the Holy Spirit hit him, and he got saved, okay? So, coming to the Lord can take several, you can come to the Lord in several different ways. God has his own miraculous ways of bringing his people to himself. But after coming into the kingdom of God, one of the very, very important aspects that we need to understand is to come under the discipline of preaching and preachers. That is the reason why in the book of Titus he says, in the last days, God has manifested his word through what? Through preaching. He says, he chose the foolishness of preaching to save those who are lost. So one of the very important, there's a preaching of the word that has to happen. And these preachers, you should be very sure, are people who are sent. Remember, some people are sent, some people just went without being sent. Okay, They just go. Meaning what? These are the people who came under authority. You remember? All these people in the church. Holy Spirit gives a word of knowledge through somebody. And what do they do? They come, they gather Paul and Barnabas, they lay hands upon them. What is a laying on of hands? It signifies people who come under the authority of the church, who have submitted themselves to the authority of the church, who have come under the authority of the leadership, who have made themselves accountable to the elders. And you will see that they go, they preach the word, they establish churches and they come back to Antioch and they give a report of what God has done through their ministry. So don't hear every voice. How do we differentiate people who are sent and who people who are just went? Let me tell you something. People who went flatter, people who are sent, they have authority because they are people under authority. Jesus is called the apostle. Why is he called the apostle? Because he was sent by God. He just didn't go. And therefore, when he came to the, went to the synagogue and he preached, they were astonished because he did not teach like the Pharisees and the scribes, and he was teaching with authority. And he says, what kind of a teaching is this? Even the unclean spirits, they obey him. You need to understand, this is very important. So you have to be very careful. Therefore, in the, in the last days, you will have so many voices. How do you discern? The Bible says, discern the spirits. Don't take any spirit. Okay. Abstain from every appearance of evil and cling to what is good. So be very, very careful, because I'll show you examples from, from the Bible. Exodus chapter 3, for example, this is the ministry of Moses, how Moses began his ministry. Well, ex- Exodus chapter 3, after this, uh, at the burning, burning bush, when he's encountered by God. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have seen the oppression with the Egyptians oppress them, with which the uh, Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, I will send you. That is the reason why, how was Joseph the savior of his, of his, of his household? Because there was a man sent by God. He was sent by God. Joseph was sent by God before them in chains so that he could save his household. Okay. So listen to voices which are sent. People will come and speak so many things to you. Test that per- fellow, that person. Is this person who's speaking to my life is a person under the authority or not? Otherwise, what do you do? Close Very important okay. Joseph is the only guy who was under the authority of his father at his home. When he was in Potiphar's house, he submitted the authority of Potiphar. When he was in the prison, he submitted the authority of the prisoner of the, of the warden. When he became the prince of Egypt, the second in command to, the, uh, to, to to Pharaoh, you know what it says? Even when he wanted to go and bring his father, he went and asked permission from the Pharaoh. That is how you discern. Because there are so many voices, they just go and say things. They are not people who are under authority. Therefore don't listen to those voices because if you do, if you listen to those voices, it will not produce faith. It is, it will produce fake. Jeremiah chapter one. Look at the ministry of Jeremiah, how it starts. But the Lord said to me, do not, did not I say I'm too young? Do not say I'm too young. You must go therefore to everyone I Send you to and say whatever I command you. So the person who's sent by God will only speak what the Lord asks him to speak. That is the reason why, that is the reason why the Bible says, Jesus says, you know what? I will not say anything of myself. Whatever I hear, I will say. Whatever I see, I will do. In like manner. And that is the reason why he had authority. That is the reason why there was deliverance in his meetings. That is the reason why there was, there was, uh, there was, uh, uh, salvation in his, in his, in his meetings and in his teachings. Do not be afraid of them, for I'm with you and you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 2, Ezekiel chapter 2, he said, Son of man, what am I doing? I am sending you to the Israelites. To people who are Rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people whom I'm sending you are an obstinate and stubborn people. Say to them, "This is what the Lord says." Meaning, a person who sent you will be absolutely sure that he's only going to speak what God commanded him to speak. He's not going to go outside the gamut of the Word of God because it's only. The preaching of the word how does faith come faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word the word that is proclaimed in the new testament we know that how the how the how the gospel according to john starts in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was was god all things were made by him and there was nothing that was made not made which was made in him was life, and that life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness does not overpower it. Okay, but how do we talk about, how do we learn about this darkness? In John's, John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 6, it says, There was a man, what? Sent from God, whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might, what? Belief. You see that belief is this believing true faith comes because you hear a man who's sent from God. Who is this man who's sent from God? He will not care about your feelings. He will not care about what you, what you are, what you are thinking about the circumstance. He will tell you what exactly the word of God is without compromising. Jeremiah chapter 23, look at the warning that Jesus gives in Jeremiah chapter 23, uh, verse 21 onwards. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they would have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. You see, one of the things that I've seen uh, from the life of of the Apostle Paul, the certain things, some details which are mentioned in in the Acts of the Apostles, where you'll see, why did God entrust into this man so much of the truth of the new testament why why don't you see an epistle by barnabas why do you see most of the epistles by paul why did you ever wonder i mean you can you can you can think, think about all the attributes and the characteristics that apostle paul had but one of the things that stands out Let me show you an example, okay? This is Acts chapter 15, Acts chapter 15, Acts chapter 15, and after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brothers in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing, okay? Now Barnabas was determined to take with him John called Mark, and why do you think that Barnabas wanted to take Mark? Because Mark was his nephew okay, blood is thicker than water, Ah, spirit is thicker than everything else, look at what it says, I mean we are not going to argue who is right but I want to show you some very interesting details over here, the devil as they say is in the detail, okay but paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in panfilia and not gone with them with the, for the works so this guy gave up in the middle and we don't want to have this guy we'll just we cannot we, we cannot trust moves on then there the, then the contention became so sharp boy that they parted from one another look at this and so barnabas took Mark and sail to Cyprus. He just went. Look at this. But Paul chose Silas and departed. Ah, uh, This is funny. Being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. Again what? He came under authority and he was sent by the church. And what happened? And he went through Syria, Syria and Cilicia. What did they do? Strangles in the churches. Now I know why this man was given so much of the stewardship of the word of God. You know why? A man who came under authority and who knew his place in the body of Christ. Notwithstanding the fact that he was a great apostle. He always surrendered himself to the discipline of the church. Now think about it. In the last week. You would have heard several voices. How many of those voices can you absolutely, completely, surely say that these voices are sent voices and not went voices? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's move on. Why? So first thing, listen to voices that are sent. Meaning what? Listen to those people who are under authority. So even children, in your own places, no? Wherever you study, wherever you work, your teacher would have said something and there will be people who will say, you know what, it's okay, we don't have to listen to the teacher all the time. Whom would you listen? Listen to the guy who says, you know what, the teacher said this, or my super- supervisor said this, I will not do it because I am a person under authority. Okay. Daddy said this, I'm not going to do it. Okay. Mommy said this, I'm not going to do it. Okay. Understand? So don't listen to people who are not, who are just, you know, they don't have any accountability. Who are hoppers and shoppers. Who are not steady. You'll know it from their lives. Who are not steady in their walk with the Lord. Don't listen to those voices. Listen to people who will edify you. You know, one of the things that I've realized over a period of time, I have to be very careful what I listen to, whom I listen to and whom I should not listen to. Very careful. Some things I don't have to listen. It's not, that's not going to edify me. Edify me. So very careful what you will allow into your mind. So listen to voices. Or people, or people who are under authority, who are disciplined, who surrender to church, discipline, etc. Things. These are very important truths that you have to understand because otherwise you will listen to voices and then you will just I have seen, you know, casualties in, in Christian life. So many believers who lost the call of God in their lives because they heard other voices. They had a tremendous promise. They started off with such potential. But they were just put away in the shelf because people, they did not come under authority. Isn't it interesting? Even Saul prophesies, He, he, remember that, that, that incident in the Bible where, where uh, David is, high, is, is with Saul, is with Samuel now, and Saul sends, uh, people to capture him. So when they go to the, go to the city of Ramah, they all start prophesying. And then the word comes back to Saul and says, you know what? Everybody's prophesying. You ask them to, uh, send them to arrest David and bring them back. Everybody's prophesying. And he says, send a second batch. Do you all, these fellows also go? And they all, all, prophesying again. So he says they are also prophesying. And again, he sends the third batch of him, right? They also prophesied and finally says, okay, this is not working. He goes. <laughs> it's very interesting. He enters into the village and he starts prophesying. And what happens? Falls flat before Samuel, naked prophesying. And it says, is Paul, Saul also among the prophets? But this is a, this is a man. He says he was a rebel. The Bible says this is a man who is a rebel. Rebellion is as a sin of what? Witchcraft. So listen to voices of people who are people who are disciplined. Otherwise you will not have faith. Very careful whom you listen to. That is the reason why the Bible says be careful as to what you listen to. Be very careful. Okay. Then, let's move on to the next one. But Elemas the sorcerer for so was his name translated, stood them. That means what? He opposed them. And what did he oppose? He opposed the truth. Seeking to turn the people or the pro-council away from the faith. So there are two kinds of voices. There are voices which strengthen faith and which speak the truth so that faith is generated. And there are voices which oppose truth and lead you into unbelief. See, there are three Fs, for faith to be generated. Okay, in the life of faith. Not faith to be generated, in the life of faith. First, there are truths. What are these? Facts and the acts of God. The facts of God and the acts of God. Okay, facts of God. So what God is where you, when you read the Bible, you get, you get to know the facts of God and you also get to know the acts of God. You know the knowledge and the characteristics of God and how he does things. That's the first thing. Second, that one, that truth produces what? Faith. And ultimately what happens, this faith should empower your feelings. So facts, faith, and feelings. That is the order. So what empowers faith is truth. The facts of God and the acts of God. So there are voices that turn you towards God. By speaking the truth into your life. And there are voices which try to turn you away from God. So you should be very careful as to which voices you are listening to. Let us look at a very interesting example. Some interesting examples from Deuteronomy chapter 13. This is Deuteronomy chapter 13. And verse number 1. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams. And gives you a sign and a wonder. And the sign and a wonder... What does he do? Comes to pass. Whereof he has spoken unto thee, saying, let us go and also serve other gods. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of the prophet or the dreamer of dreams, because the Lord is testing you to know whether you love the Lord, your God, with all of your heart and all of your soul. Okay, And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, what should you do? In other words, silence that voice in your life. Sell us a voice in your life. Another example. This is a little more closer. This is a prophet, okay? Another closer. If your brother, or the son of your mother, or the son of, or your son or your daughter, or the wife of your bosom, or your friend, which is very close to you, as your own soul, entices you secretly, saying, let us go, go and serve other gods which thou hast not known, thou nor thy fathers, namely the gods of the people, which are round about you, nigh unto thee, or far off from thee, from one end of the earth, even to the other end of the earth, what should you do? Thou shalt not consent unto him, nor are hearken unto him, neither shall your eye pity him, neither shall you spare him, neither shall you conceal him, but you shall surely kill him. In other words, these voices, you have to strictly deal with them. We very, very, uh, what do you say? That's the reason why the kingdom of God advances by violence. I mean, here we are not talking about killing people who speak the, speak lies into our lives. In other words, silencing those voices from our lives. Your hand shall be first upon him to put him to death and afterwards the hand of the people. Thou shall not consent. Another example. And all Israel shall hear and fear, shall do no more any such wickedness as it is among you. If thou shalt hear in any of these cities which the Lord thy God has taken. And then certain men, the children of Belial are are gone from among you and have withdrawn to the inhabitants of the city saying, let us go and serve other gods too likewise. So there are so many people. There are prophets, false prophets. There are your own flesh and blood. And some children of Belial. They come and speak into your lives. What is their whole purpose? To turn you away from God. Where's is Moses? Moses is here, Be ready, okay, Moses. I want to. He's the strongest man in GTC, okay? Stronger than Sammy and Peter. And stronger than, uh, what is his name, uh, Pranith, while well, batting. Okay, very, very powerful shots. I have, I've seen your shots. They have, they, they, once you hit them, it's bye bye baby, okay? And all Israel shall fear. So look at what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. There is a very clear demarcation in the Bible. Very clear. Two different kinds of voices. Voices whose source is from faith or belief and voices whose source is from unbelief. And these two don't mix. Second Corinthians chapter 6. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Look at, look at how Jesus classifies people. What fellowship has righteousness with what? Lawlessness. Light. Communion has light with darkness. What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what path has a believer with unbeliever? And what agreement has a temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of God. You know, Osgin has made a very powerful statement. He says, contrast is the mother of clarity. What is that? Contrast is the mother of clarity. Look at the contrast over here. To Only two different kinds of voices. First is righteous. And the other is what? Lawless. First first is light. The other is what? Darkness. First is Christ. The other is what? Belial. First is what? Faith. The other is what? Unbelief. First is from the temple of God. And the other is what? Idols. And there is no connection between the two. They are absolutely separate from each other. And the fact of the matter is, if you heard yesterday's twenty two 22 minute. Teaching, I mean, I heard both parts, part one and part two, because I didn't want Adhuradhar and nahi okay. So, part one and part two I heard. Let me tell you something. Evil company, ah, everybody, complete the verse. Evil company corrupts good manners or good behavior. Evil company does not change the evil company by, by the person who is being associated with, doesn't. On the contrary, it affects the person who's a believer. If you're yoked with him. Look at the warning in Deuteronomy chapter 7 and then Moses can come onto the stage, okay? Moses, you can come onto the stage, alright? Deuteronomy chapter 7. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter shall not be given unto his son. Nor his daughter shalt thou take for your son. For they will turn away thy son. What? For they will turn away your son from following me and to serve other gods. He does not say, "Are you going to be get? Are you going to get married to this to this girl?" Yes. Is she a believer? No. Why are you marrying? After marrying, she's going to become a believer. It doesn't happen. So let us uh, uh, let us show this illustration. Okay? Moses, come and stand next to the OHP overhead projector. A strong man. Moses, you're a strong man, I know, okay? And uh, I did not eat my breakfast, so I'm not as strong as Moses. Moses, you can stand stand here to the edge. Okay, Moses, I'm almost close to 90 kilos, okay? Try to pull me now. Okay? Okay, pull me? Okay, now let let me pull you. Which is easy? To pull down or pull up? Where are you standing? As a believer on this platform. What are you doing? Trying to pull this fellow up. What is he going to (laughs) do? Dead weight. Did you understand? No. Ministry of Ezra and Nehemiah is fired up. Ezra hears, some of the Jews have mingled themselves with the with the unbelievers. He got married to them and he sits, he's astonished. He puts his mouth on his face and he weeps for several days and people come and say, what did you do? Why are you weeping? Why are you doing and going and getting married to unbelievers? That is Ezra's process. Nehemiah's process is totally different. It says one, those days, some of the Jews went and married unbelievers and their children, they started speaking their language. And they did not know the language of the Jews, but they know the language of the unbelievers. Sometimes, you know, Christians know the name of movies better than the people who are in the world. What has happened? Because there's no truth. There are voices which take you towards truth, and that is a very tough process. You see... To pull this fellow is very, very, very difficult. To pull you down is very easy. To go down is very easy. To stand straight is very difficult. Ask a small baby. You know, in robotics, we we have something called as an inverted pendulum model. model. Inverted Inverted pendulum. You know what a pendulum is, right? When a pendulum is like this, nicely, coolly, it comes to its position like this. No problem. Keep a pendulum like this. It's like, you know, balancing a stick on your palm. What should you do? Right? Am I right? So th- this is exactly what we teach a humanoid robot. Humanoid robot is like an inverted pendulum. What we should teach him? To balance itself. One push, what will happen to him? Thumb, it will fall. Let me tell you something. Humans are the most unstable people, <laughs> not monkeys, <laughs> not cheetahs, <laughs> very unstable. <laughs> you see, babies know, when they're crawling on their four legs, I mean four, almost four legs, you don't have a problem, you're cool. Once they start walking, what do you do? You're very careful, lest they fall. That is the reason the Bible says, take heed if anyone thinks that he stands, lest he fall." So be very careful. Voices that take you towards truth and cause faith are voices that take you away from truth. Look at what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. And moreover, because the preacher was a wise man, he still taught the people knowledge. I like the word still. Why still? Some people are not listening in the class. But he continued to teach. <laughs> Notwithstanding the response. Okay. <laughs> Hoping that one day. <laughs> okay. Look, one day, no, I, 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 I keep telling my children, no, I said, you know, I, I, I hope one day you will go to that that got that shelf and take Holland by, I mean, uh, elementary algebra by Holland Knight, take it out and start doing by yourself. And that day I know you have arrived. Till that day, let me do something to create some interest in the subject. So I teach math fractions using pizzas. No, I still teach them. They don't understand. So I bring a pizza, slice it into several parts. How many parts are there? Divided into four equal parts. How many parts are eaten? Four. One. One part is eaten. So, what is the fraction? One by four. So, pizza. Very interesting. So, I teach them. He still taught the people, no matter what. Yes, he pondered and sought and set in order many proverbs, he classified. Okay, this is this category. So he, he looks at his students. This guy, he has absolutely no interest in math. So at least let him finish till 10th class. So what should I do? Okay, to get him to cross that. I know this guy, he is brilliant. He is interested in, I'm not brilliant, brilliant in math. Okay, just because he's brilliant in math, it doesn't mean he's brilliant in everything. Okay, so you know that, right? Uh, uh Magnus Carlson is a chess genius, but is zero in academics. Okay. So just because you're brilliant in math, it doesn't mean that you're brilliant in everything. So he's brilliant. in something. So you have different classifications in the, in the class, you have these kinds of students, you have these kinds of students, these kinds of students. So the, the guys already constantly thinking about how do I teach? You know, I, I remember um, Ravish Kumar. How many of you know Ravish Kumar? You know, the great, uh, Journalist. I like him. Okay. I subscribed to his channel and I joined his channel also because he's one of the most independent journalists in India. Paying, paying him eighteen hundred rupees a month. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, so you know what he says when I'm writing my monologue or my news, I'm thinking about my audience. So he says, when I use this word, this category of people, I'll be able to relate to when I use this word, this category of people, I'll be related to, I'll be able to relate to, and when I use this word, I'll be able to relate to this category of people. So what is happening? He's thinking about his students and he's thinking about the subject and he's saying, I should do some class of kind of a classification so that they will understand the word of God. Okay. So what is, what does he do? So he pondered and sought out and set in order many problems. The preacher sought to find acceptable words. Okay. So that means sugar-coated words. And what was written was upright. What are they? Ultimately, words of truth. The words of the wise are like goats. And the words of scholars are like well-driven nails. Where do they come from? They come from the shepherd. Why? My children or my sheep hear my voice. Look at the Living Translation. It's very interesting. Living Translation but then because the preacher was a wise man he went on teaching the people all he knew i like the word he went on teaching the people and he collected proverbs and classified them for the preacher was not only a wise man but a good teacher he not only taught what he knew to the people but he taught them in a what way in an interesting way okay there's a guy called khan sir no you know khan sir is excellent is one of the youtube sensations he's got about 2.54 million subscribers. He's supposed to be the one of the best teachers in Bihar. So you, you should see the kind of, uh, uh, examples that he uses. No. Okay. So just to ensure that he makes his class, he teaches uh, surface tension by using the girl's hair, uh, So many things that he uses just to make the class more interesting. So what does he do? He's teaching them in an interesting manner. The wise man's word are like goats. What do they do? They spur people into action. What do they do? They spur people into action. You know why? Why should we we have goats to spur? Because we are like elephants. What is it? Elephants. Have you seen an elephant? Huge fellow. Does he have potential? Tremendous potential. But does he move easily? No. He has to, that fellow has to use one. In Telugu it's called Ankusam. You know, Angusam, he has to poke that fellow to move. And the problem with that fellow is also he's got a very good memory. So in, that's a dangerous thing. So believers are like that. They have a memory of all the wrongs people have done to them. They will never forget. Have you ever seen? If, some, if somebody owes you 10 rupees, you don't forget. But if you, if you owe somebody 100 rupees, you forget so sorry, it's very easy to forget but somebody, you owe me 10 rupees you, you forgot, it's very difficult for you to forget 10 rupees, but it's very easy for you to forget it's 100 rupees that you owe to others so we are like, we have elephant memory in keeping a record of all wrongs so what does the preacher do? he uses a gold he spurs people into action and what is the gold for? Remember an ox, he has to go in a straight line. So what is a goat for? Keep you in that straight line. Keep you in that straight line. And many of you, by the time the week is over, you're very far from that straight line. So I have to do da, 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 and bring you to the straight line again. I mean all of us, I mean preachers of the word of God, including ourselves, we have to bring ourselves to the line through our own preaching. Because it's very difficult for us. To stay in that straight and narrow path. So it's like goats. Which spur people into action. The wise man's words are like goats. They nail down the important truths. You see that? Why? It is truth that produces faiths. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Why? Because it produces faith and it causes you to call out. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But before you call out, you should believe. But how do you believe? Unless you heard the message. They nail down important truths. So what happens? Students are wise. Who? Everybody say? Master. What their teachers tell them. For example, did you hear a 22 message, 2 minute sermon yesterday? Oh, homework. Some of us are very casual. Our teacher, no, he has no other work but to keep telling us. Now some people honestly, you no, know, they come to the class as if they are doing the professor a favor. They will sit in the class. And one of the, one of my students in the midterm one exam, he gave me a blank paper. He gave me a blank paper. I said, what is wrong with this kid? Second midterm exam. He gave me a blank paper. Again, third midterm exam. I mean, final exam. He gave me a blank paper. Look at this guy. How come? A lot of us like that. What do we do? We, lo- we don't do what we are supposed to do and we ultimately what we do, we draw a Blank. We don't master. We don't practice. I mean, I, I was reading, uh, like pastor was talking about First um, Samuel chapter 17. Yesterday, day before yesterday, I was reading First Samuel, Samuel chapter 17, yesterday if I'm right. And you know what it says? David, he ran towards Goliath with a sling and first shot he hit bullseye. I mean, you think about the amount of practice that guy would have done to kill in the first shot. The Bible says about the about the tribe of Benjamin, they were all left-handers, by the way, and they could separate a hair by their shot. That is the reason why Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 22 says, my children, my children, my people, my people, they do not know me, they know, they do not know how to do good, but they are very skillful in doing evil. Because they have not mastered. The wise man's words are like words. They spur people into action. So how are you a wise student today? What do you do? You master what their teachers tell them. You master it. Not just in your mind. It becomes a part of your heart. So what happens when you listen to teachers who teach you the truth of the word of God? It produces a certain kind of a person. See, ultimately you are known by what the kind of fruit that you produce. So again, to know the kind of fruit you produce, look at the contrast. We'll come to that, okay? But elimas the sorcerer, for so is his name translated, withstood them. And what did he withstand? He withstood truth. And what was his aim? To turn the proconsul away from faith. Then Saul, who is also called Paul. Filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, and will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? You listen to this guy, you will become like this. I told you this example, no? Ultimately, when you cook your breakfast in the morning, Let's say you eat egg, boiled egg. You, eat, The boiled egg is on that plate. After a while, it disappears. Why? Because you ate it. And ultimately, what does it become? It becomes you. Okay? If you eat palak, it's palak and greens on the table. After you eat it, what, it, what does it become? It becomes you. Becomes life because blood, no? It becomes turns into blood and it goes into your I mean it goes into your bloodstream and it becomes a part of you, becomes life. Okay. So you eat palak, you eat protein, good protein, it becomes you. You eat it and it becomes you. You eat sweet for breakfast, sweet for dinner, sweet for lunch. What do you get? Diabetes. Ultimately what you eat, becomes you. So whom you listen, that's exactly what you will become. You listen to gossip, you will become gossip. You will li- listen to lies, you will become a lie. If you listen to truth and act upon it, you become true. That is the reason why I said contrast is the mother of clarity. Look at the contrast here. Paul is looking at this guy and he's warning all of us through the Holy Spirit and saying, listen to the voices. If you listen to these kinds of voices, this is what you want to become. If you listen to this guy, this is what you're going to become. First, you become a pretender because he's a what? A man full of deceit. On the other hand, either you become a pretender or you become true. The other word for pretender is we, what we call us, what we call in our language, biblical language, what is it called? Oscar award, hypocrite. I mean, always at every time I think about Oscar award, I, this comes into my mind, no? The world's best male hypocrite. Sounds oh, remarkable. And the world's best female hypocrite, there they are very clear about gender, okay? Male hypocrite and female hypocrite. Now maybe they'll have a new category. Transgender hypocrite also will come. Because it is LA anyway, Hollywood. best supporting hypocrite (laughs) but it's very, very interesting Okay, best supporting hypocrite in the male role best supporting hypocrite in the female role and the director who directed all these hypocrites and the fool called the producer who put money into his hypocrites have you seen movies look at them and look at their actual lives I mean, it's such a contrast, and you will see. I mean, I'm talking about, I'm talking about people who are so decorated. We, when we were kids, we used to spend through our nose to watch their movies. Huh? Some movies we watched. Oh Lord, don't even ask me. <laughs> How many times we watched? Just wasted all that money in what? Pretence. So what does it? This guy do? This guy. Makes you a pretender. Meaning this guy is a person who causes you to cover your sin. The Bible says he who covers his sin will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes will obtain mercy. So what what ultimately this fellow does is. He will not cause you to access the mercy of God. He makes you a partaker of the wrath of God on the contrary. He who has a son. Has life. But he who does not have the son does not have the life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So there is a person, there's a teaching, which causes you, which frees you from pretense. You don't have to act. That is the reason why it says, blessed is a man whose sin is covered, whose transgression is forgiven. And blessed is a man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, in whose spirit there is no. kail. Deceit. So either you become true. Or you become a pretender. Either you have a false form of godliness. And you have denied the power of God. Or you are genuinely true through and through. So what what are you becoming? A pretender? A person who is concerned about the opinions of men. That is the reason that the Bible says, how can you believe you who seek glory from one another and does not seek the glory from the from the only God? He is not a Jew who is one inwardly, but he is a Jew who is, I'm mean, sorry, outwardly, but he is a, who's, he is a Jew who is one inwardly and circumcision is a matter of the heart, whose praise is not from men, but from who? From God? Ultimately the certificate has to come from God. Oh, look at the statement, no? Bah. Behold A true Israelite. What a statement that is. In whom there is no guile. I mean, if God can give us that certificate for the rest of our lives, I think we can retire. That's enough for us. What a certificate. I mean, certificate from God. He tells Ezekiel, 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 I know your marriage, Ezekiel. I see your marriage, Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Fantastic marriage, Ezekiel. Why? Today, I'm taking away the delight of your eyes. What a certificate. Can God come and tell husbands? <laughs> Very interesting. Vijay, your wife is a delight of your eye. Many people say, sir, Lord, once upon a time. I don't know. Pretender. No, think about that certificate from Moses, no? What is a Moses? Moses was the meekest man on all the earth. What a certificate. And who's going to write it? Can you imagine a person who's writing a certificate? I am the meekest man on all the earth. And he is referring to himself in the third person. Moses was the meekest man on all the earth. Otherwise, you know what, my dear brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter what other people think. I was telling sister Elsa the other day, Ecclesiastes chapter 21, 22, don't have to hear everything people say about you. Otherwise you will hear your servant cursing you and don't act very innocent because you also curse somebody else. And when I heard that, I said, wow, what a liberating truth, because you know, who told me about this? The pastor was, was, I mean, listened to regularly, a Baptist preacher, very nice man of God. And uh, one day he got an SMS into his mobile phone. That SMS was supposed to be sent by one member in the church about the pastor to another member of the church, but it accidentally came to him. And he looked at it and he said, Oh, this is what they think about me. And at that moment in time, the Lord told him, Vijay, I mean, not Vijay. Okay, vicariously Vijay. Vijay, lot of people will say a lot of things about you. People talk. People talk. You can't stop people from talking. Hey, don't say anything bad about me, okay? I can't say that. Even if they say, Pastor, you are the most fantastic person. I don't know what they will say later on. So I know several certificates they have given me to, given to me right in front of my ass and what they have spoken out some to me, somebody else. I know so many things. And the Lord said, you know, Vijay, you are also not very kosher. You remember what you did about your supervisor? What did I do? You wrote emails vicariously on somebody else's behalf so that you wanted to destroy his lab. So keep your mouth shut. Let people talk. Ultimately, one day, God is going to give us a certificate. Okay a new name. It's going to be a name of the father on their foreheads. Hallelujah. That name nobody can take. All the other people who will not agree with that name most probably will be in hell, so it doesn't matter anyway. So, so the kind of message that you listen to, either you become a pretender or you become and the other 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 things I just mentioned about this guy is that he's a person who's full of deceit and is full of fraud. The, the word for fraud is very interesting. He's lewd. He's careless. So one kind of teaching keeps you careless. You're careless about the things of God. The other kind of teaching makes you circumspect. So ask yourself this question today. Are you more careful about the things of God today than you were a few years back? Or are you casual about the things of God? Are you casual about the reading of the word? Are you casual about praying? Are you casual about your about coming to church and listening to the sermons, um, uh, 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 listening to the teaching? What kind of an attitude with which you come to church makes, uh, is dependent upon what you have heard through the week, keeps you careless, sorry, keeps you careless or makes you Circumspect. That is the reason the Bible says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be sober and vigilant because of your prayers. Be circumspect, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Do not be drunk with wine in which there is dissipation, but be continuously be filled with the Holy Spirit. How? Speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs of worship, making melody with God. For, for God in your heart, that is how you do it. Think about it. No, every time you meet a brother or a sister, you end up with a worship service or a prayer. Wow, that will be a fantastic, fantastic encounter. That would have been a a time would have that that is that was well spent, mutual edification. That is the reason Paul says, I, "I when I come to you, I want to edify you. I want to impart something to you, and not only that, I want to be." Sp- I want to strengthen your faith. I also want to be strengthened by your faith. Mm-hmm. So be very careful. One makes you a pretender. The other makes you a true person. One makes you, keeps you careless and the other makes you what? Circumspect. One keeps you as a son of the devil because you are already a son of the devil because it says you are a brood of vipers. Or, Empowers the old man. Who is what? Growing corrupt because of deceitful lusts. Or, on the other hand, what does it do? It births Christ. Or produces the life of Christ inside of you. Or imparts the life of Christ inside of you. So, births Christ. That is the reason why, you know what? Examine yourself. If you are in the faith. What is the proof? If who is inside of you? Christ isn't enough Next, you are an enemy of truth. Let me say, submit to truth. A lot of people love the truth, but they don't submit. Isn't it interesting? Very people, many people are very orthodox like the devil. Why what does the Bible say? You believe there is one God? so do the demons and what do they do they tremble I mean whenever I listen to that hear that verse you know this comes into my mind no Jericho no Jericho Jericho everybody heard what God did everybody heart melted everybody's heart melted one person took the risk and got saved the other persons you know what they did they trembled but they never believed what kind of faith did they have demonic faith. So one person submits to truth and the other person becomes an enemy of truth. You know what he says? Don't you, will you ever not stop making the base of the Lord crooked? Keeps you crooked. The other one, what does it do? It makes you upright and straight. See, this is the end result. Of listening to the voice which leads you to truth, listening to the voice which submits to authority. So we looked at the voices. The voice you listen to the voice which is submit to authority, which you listen to a voice which leads you to truth. So what you should be, the last point, Acts chapter thirteen and verse. Six onwards. Now, when they had gone through the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. But you know, he's an intelligent man, but he was a humble man. You know why? Because he sought to hear. He sought that's something he sought. He sought out Paul and Barnabas. Even though he was an intelligent man. Why? This is a very dangerous attribute in the world. All intelligent people most of the time in many of the cases are enemies of truth. They will never submit to the To to the truth of the word of God. That is the reason why the Bible says, God did not choose the wise of the world, or the foolish things of the world, to confront the wise. I'll tell you why. Keep this in point. Matthew chapter 11. At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank you Father, the Lord of heaven and earth. You have hidden these things from the who? From the wise, or the prudent, or the intelligent. That's the word. And you, wise and the prudent, and have? Revealed it to whom? To children. You know what this intelligent man wanted to become? He wanted to be a babe, a simple guy, when it com- comes to the things of the word of God. He said, Lord, I want to hear. I put all my degrees to the side, all my worldly accomplishments, all the talents that you have given me, everything to the side. I want to listen to your voice like a simple baby. That's the reason the Bible says, Unless and until you get converted and become like this little children, you will not enter into the kingdom of God. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. So, you know what did he have? This vessel had a teachable spirit. What did he have? A teachable spirit. A teachable spirit. Matthew chapter 11. Nor does anyone know the father except the son. And the one to whom the son will reveal to him. Come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden. What will I do? I will give you rest. Take my yoke. What should you do? And learn from teachable spirit. He is a wise man. And he said, Lord, I will sit at your feet and I will listen. Whom should I teach knowledge? A person who has got a teachable spirit. If you will diligently hear my voice. What does it mean? A man who has got a teachable spirit. A person who will yield to the spirit of God. Who will be molded by the spirit of God. Who will submit to the authority of the word of God. Who will submit to the people whom God has placed him under. A teachable spirit. That is the reason the Bible says in 1st Peter chapter 5, you youngers, what should you do? Submit yourself to the elders. Yes, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility. Why? God resists the proud, but what does he do? He gives grace to the humble. A teachable spirit. Do we have a teachable spirit today? Otherwise, you know what happens? It will produce this kind of people. Pretenders, like Ahithophel, full on the outside, fantastic, wise man, but deep down rotten. It will produce a person who is careless about the things of God, very casual. It will not strengthen Christ inside of you. It will make you an enemy and it will keep you crooked. It is very important. So what did Saul do? He rebuked. He looked at this man and he says, You are the enemy. Or what? You are a man who is full of deceit, full of fraud, enemy of righteousness. You will never stop perverting the ways of God. You know what happened after that? Let me show you this verse and I want to stop. This remarkable, remarkable verse Let's read this together. And indeed now the hand of the Lord is upon you and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him and he went around seeking someone to lead by him at hand. Then the proconsul believed. He was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. So three things we learned today. First, what kind of voices you listen to? Listen to the voices who submit to authority. Second, listen to the voices which leads you to truth. Third, become a vessel which is teachable to the things of God. Voices which are surrendered, voices which speak the truth, and a vessel which is teachable. Voices which are surrendered, voices which speak the truth and vessels which are teachable v v v three v's voices which teach the truth or which are which are surrendered voices which teach the truth and vessels which are surrendered that produces faith that produces faith otherwise in these last days so many voices the God of this age has blinded the minds of the people. Okay, And be very careful as to what kind of voices that you listen to, because either they will pull you up or they will pull you down. It doesn't matter how strong you are. Like Solomon, very wise. And how many people, uh, women did he marry? Oof. 700 wives, 300 concubines. Do one circuit itself. It takes him 3 years, minimally. At least, I mean, at the rate of 1 night per wife. Long time no see, she would say, no? <laughs> okay. And we know what happens? When he grew old, the Bible says, his wives turned his heart away. What is What is there in the heart? Faith is of the heart. And the Bible says he was disloyal to God and he was not fully committed to the Lord as as his father David. He became disloyal. Because faith and faithfulness go together. That's the reason why I said, the just shall live by, no, 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 no. The just shall live by his loyalty. By his loyalty. By his loyalty. That's the word. Loyalty. Faithful. So Same word in Greek is pistis, which means faithful. He's a faithful fellow, a loyal fellow. What did he do? He turned the hearts. And that is the reason why Nehemiah says, you know what, don't you know Solomon, what he did? And he married so many women and he turned the hearts of the entire nation away from God. And you know what he did, Nehemiah? He called some people, pulled their beards and slapped them. That is ministry of Nehemiah. In our church, we have the ministry of Ezra. Okay, (laughs) Ezra, Ezra ministry. We will mourn. We will say, "Ayo, did you?" And when you mess up and come back, we will not say, "Did we not? Did I not tell you?" We'll accept you the way you are. But we will say, "Please don't go this route." I mean, I was really fired up, and the pastor said, "No, there's a church. Twenty-three years. They preach the word of God. Not one man died young. Nobody was sick." All the young people stayed straight. They never got into drugs. Never got into bad habits. They married all kosher believing women. Can you imagine a church like that? You know why? They listen to the voices which were surrendered. They listened to the voices which spurred them into action. They listen. They have vessels which are surrendered, which are willing to learn. They have a teachable spirit. A spirit which is teachable. That is the reason why the Bible says, let the righteous strike me. You know what the Bible says? Let the righteous strike me. What what shall it be? It shall be anointing. What What shall it be? It shall be anointing and let my head not reject such an anointing. I know why people, many people, they want anointing. I want anointing, Lord. I want to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me anointing. Yes, the last Sunday, your your pastor struck you and you did not take correction. You got offended. How can I give you anointing? You don't take correction. How can I give you anointing? Okay. The shield of Saul. What did he not have? No anointing. He had a shield, but no anointing. Right? He rejected the constant corrections of God. That is the reason the Bible says, if you continue to do the same things after being warned several times, you will one day suddenly be cut off without any warning. So be very careful. Be circumspect. Be careful. I just want to keep that slide in in, in your mind. Okay, This slide, you just keep it in your mind. I want to expound on this, but I know it is going to take a lot of time. Just keep this in mind. One teaching will make you righteous. One teaching will make you a light. One teaching will make you like Christ. One teaching will produce faith. One teaching will make you the temple of God. Keep that in mind. So this morning shall we stand up in the house of God in the last Sunday of February, the second month. Let's, let's turn our hearts towards God this morning. My dear brothers and sisters, The spirit of sorcery is there in this world. This man was a sorcerer. He was a false prophet. And what is the essence of sorcery? The essence of sorcery is to take you away from faith. So whatever voice that you listen, which causes you to take, which causes to take you away from faith, is a voice of a sorcerer. Doesn't matter how good and innocent that voice seems like. The Bible says Moses went and preached to Pharaoh. When he preached to Pharaoh and he showed him a sign. Genesis and Jamblins came and showed the sign and they turned the heart of Pharaoh away from the truth. And the Bible says Pharaoh hardened his heart. The voice of truth causes you to harden, to soften your heart. The voice of the sorcerer causes you to harden your heart. These are subtle voices. They may not look ostensibly evil. But they are voices which are subtle. They might come through flesh and blood, through well-meaning people. But they are not voices of God. Peter came and said to Jesus, when Jesus talked about going to the cross, he said, Lord, let it be far from you. Let it need not unto you. And that very moment, Jesus discerned and he said, Get thee behind me, Satan. For you are an affront unto me. Because you are not mindful of the things of God, but you are mindful of the things of man. The voice of sorcery from the mouth of a disciple. And Jesus, at that moment, if he did not have the spirit of discernment, he would have commended Peter and he would have said, thank you Peter for your concern. So this morning, there might be so many voices which may sound like voices of concern, which only talk about the temporal securities of this world. But they are not interested in your eternal security. They trap you in time. But they will not keep your eyes on eternity. They will trap you with the things of the seen. And take your eyes away from the unseen. These are voices. Voices through sorcerers. Masquerading as people and children of God. So be very careful. Listen to voices. Which God... Has ordained in your life voices of your parents if they're believing voices of your elders in the church who have been consistent, who have surrendered to the, to the counsel of God, who have surrendered to the discipline of God or people who are sent by God because they are under authority. Listen to voices which guide you to truth, spur you into action, who are interested in the concern of the sheep. And be a vessel. A vessel which is willing and surrendered. Keep these three truths in your mind. Voices which are sent. Voices which lead you to truth. And a vessel which is surrendered. Father, this morning, all of us surrender ourselves afresh. Because we need to surrender a oh Lord The best we know how. Every Sunday, because Lord, through the week, we listen and we read Hundreds and thousands of voices, either which cause faith and those voices which cause doubt and unbelief. But this morning, O oh Lord, I pray, O Lord, as your word says, O oh Lord, that you sanctify us and set us by the washing of water by your word. I pray, Father, that you would cleanse us from all those evil teachings and ideas that we have Taken from this world this week, O Lord. Cleanse us, O Lord Jesus, by the word of God. Let the word of God sanctify us, O Lord. And let the blood of Jesus purify us and set us apart, O Lord Jesus. Let conviction come and let let faith arise in each one of our hearts. Because your word says, O Lord, when the Holy Spirit comes, it will convict the people of sin, of sin because they did not believe in in me. And this morning I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would generate faith in all of us, O Lord. And wash us from all those ideas that we have heard and submitted and surrendered to and heard, Lord Jesus, willingly and unwillingly through the week. And sanctify us, oh Lord Jesus, cleanses and purges. Came to Peter, oh Lord, and said, you washed his feet. And you said, Peter, if I don't do this, you have no part in me. And you told your disciples you are clean because of the word. And I pray, Father, that the word of God cleanse this morning, sanctify us this morning. That faith arise in each one of our people. Let us be very careful as to what kind of voices we entertain in our lives, O oh Lord. Voices which edify and not pull us down. Voices which build up us, build us up in the faiths. Because your word says, oh Lord, build yourself in the most holy faith. Praying in the spirit and keep yourself in the love of God. That's what that's what your word enjoins us, oh Lord. And this morning I pray, Lord, you would cleanse us, edify us, strengthen us in our resolve. Enable us to discern the voices which speak truth. Enable us, oh Lord Jesus, to be willing vessels, teachable vessels. Who seek those voices. So even when we seek to listen to preachers and teachers on the internet, oh Lord Jesus, I pray, Father, you would lead us, you would grant us the discernment to, and tell us what kind of voices that we need to listen to. Voices which have your sanction. Voices which have your unction. Voices which have authority to deliver us. Thank you, Father. Thank you once again this morning. Commit all of us into your hands. I plead the blood of Jesus over our lives. And believing, O Lord, this morning that your word has sanctified us, set us apart. We lift up holy hands, O Lord, this morning, and we bless your holy name. And we declare, O Lord, every week as we declare, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. And all God's children said, Amen, Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of the father and the fellowship of the holy spirit rest and abide with each one of us amen amen may the lord richly bless you